Akraf Hakimi, you are a bad, bad man. Morocco with the great escape, and they beat Spain. Spain on a penalty shoot has to reach the quarterfinals of the World Cup. So much to discuss. Incredible scenes. Luis Enrique and Go are out. Luis Miguel Echegaray here and Lemi ESPN FC Daily. K. Murray will join us later in the week, we promise. But we have Sam Marsden, obviously, joining us from Spain. And Craig Burley joined us just in time. Hopefully, we'll get to hear some moves as well. And Gab Marcotti, where do we begin? Let's go with Gab Marcotti first because he was yelling so much at the end of this game. Gab, reactions. Morocco are through. Spain. Hasta mañana. It's a tremendous story, Alami. I, I think Morocco, you know, we, we saw this was a talented team. And speaking you here from Doha, as you've no doubt read, they've kind of been uh, adopted by pretty much everybody uh, in, in the Arabic world. I think a lot of people in Africa as well, pushing them on. And they view this as a, as, as a giant killing. But I want to, oh, and I want to give a shout out to Sofiane Amrabat. Uh, I thought in terms of a midfield performance, um, that might have been, you know, for that position in central midfield, dealing with those three guys, that might have been the single best individual midfield performance that, that, that we've seen in this World Cup. But I got to say, man, Luis Enrique, I, I am seriously conflicted because I love the fact that he's different, that he does things differently. I find him so immensely likable. He's creative. You know, he, he's not part of the, the dung heap of gutless conformity. But then sometimes I see stuff like this and I say, why do you have to be so weird? Why do you have to be so different? Why do we have to have Sarabia and Soler as the first penalty takers? Why do I, why do I have to wait till the end to see Ansu Fati come on? And, you know, this, this way of, or, or Morata as well from the bench, this is this way of playing it, taking it to an extreme. Again, I think say there's a thin line between genius and, and, and folly. And man, he straddles it. Llorente is right back as well. I want all the opinions from the boys on the same question. Craig Burley, give me your thoughts on this one. Spain losing, and I believe four, the last three of its four World Cup shootouts, they've gone out. Spain, the fifth FIFA World Cup penalty shootout, one out of three entering today. Ties Argentina for most all-time. Morocco took care of business. Initial reactions, Craig? Well, I, I knew when Morocco beat us at the 98 World Cup, I, I knew they were on to something. Uh they were building momentum. That was just the start of it for them. And sort of here they are, 20, what is that, four years later. Uh, yeah, I, I echo I echo Gab's words. Amrabat in there, the Fiorentina midfielder, was just amazing. They had so much energy. They have got quality. Yeah, it's bits and pieces and now and again on the on the counter-attack. But, but, you know, there's a reason no outfield player has actually scored against them in this tournament thus far. The only goal they've conceded has been an own goal. They are, they are, you know, I don't want to be cliched by putting their bodies on the line and all that, but they're just defending very, very well as individuals in their team. And I think if you saw Sice at the end, who was excellent again, he's on sort of one leg. And, and so, yeah, you cannot deny uh, Morocco for sure. Uh, Spain... Luis Enrique's been through so much on a personal level, but on a football balance, it is so frustrating to watch this Spanish side at times because, yeah, when Williams come on, they had the pace to get in behind and they started putting crosses in the box because they had a front man that could attack it. But, boy, 
is there something against when you're finding it difficult to break a team down and they're so deep that what the hell is wrong with making a couple of yards at 20, 25, 30 yards and working the goalkeeper and striking the ball from the edge of the box and working those 20, 25-yard shots from around the box. There's nothing wrong with that when the other thing is not working. And I get so frustrated. And you can look at the stats, particularly in 90 minutes, and look at how many times the Spanish try to work it around the 18-yard box and get a strike away. I think it might have been once. I think it might have been Rodri from 40 That's yards. And so, yeah, yeah, just one. Yeah, just one. I, it's so frustrating. And I understand what Spain are all about. And I understand that they want to play a certain way. But when that certain way is not working, we've seen so many shots from outside the box at this World Cup that have been deflected and, you know, they've, they've, they've outdone goalkeepers. And yet Spain just refuse to do that. They want to walk it in. It's, it's so frustrating. And I think ultimately that's part of the mechanism of the game that's cost them uh, in this one today. Yeah, I, I, I can't agree with you anymore. Uh, sometimes the plan A for Luis Enrique is just not enough, and it was proven today. Sam Marsden, you cover Barcelona for ESPN a lot, the Spanish uh, side of things. Uh, you, you live there. You, you know this team. You know the culture. What do you think went wrong today, aside from obviously understanding that sometimes this Spain side need more than just a plan A. What did you see today? And I guess, because obviously they, they also lost in the group stages, I guess overall, what did you make of the Spanish side and this loss today? As Morocco, by the way, the first team in the quarterfinals of the World Cups is Ghana in 2010. What did you make of Spain? Yeah, a disappointing campaign for Spain, really, when you go back to that 7-0 win over Costa Rica and everything that sort of generated, the expectations that generated. They'd gone into the tournament... And, you know, people are saying, you know, they, well, they're going to have the possession, but do they, do they have someone who can score goals? Are they going to be able to score goals? And that almost sort of, you know, set them off on the wrong foot in, in hindsight. Obviously, against Germany, they were OK, but then against Japan, they really took their foot off the, the gas once they went 1-0 up and they had no clue once they went 2-1 down to turn, turn that game around. And then today, it was a similar story. They just couldn't break down, down Morocco, who you know, I think Gavin Craig have covered it well. You know, Amrabat was fantastic, size at the end on on one leg, uh, fantastic story for the tournament and much needed, I think, because I think until this game, I think the round of 16 have perhaps been a little bit predictable, you know, the South American and the European sides winning and this Morocco story is great. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of fallback on, on Luis Enrique, especially now. He's always had sort of uh, a love-hate relationship with, uh, with the press here. Um, and coming back to what Gab says about him just being, I don't know if it's him being weird or not. I just think he's a little bit, he's a little bit, I don't know if he would agree with this, but he can be a little bit stubborn at times. He's got his ideas and no matter how many sort of, you know, alternatives are offered to him or alternatives there are. I mean, as, as Craig says, coming into, you know, the last 20 minutes of the game today, extra time, and they just did not try their luck. Um, that one Rodri shot was probably one when they shouldn't have tried their luck as well because he was so, so far out. Um, and I mean, it comes back to as well what Luis Enrique was speaking about yesterday when he was so impassioned about, you know, this style and the, the criticism they'd had after the Japan game. And it was, again... Again, their downfall, and I, I think it's probably it could well be the end of of Luis Enrique with, with Spain. I don't know if he'll do another tournament, a tournament cycle. I don't know if he if he'll want to. Um, um, it feels a little bit like a step back, really, because I think at the Euros when they reached the semis, and even though they lost to Italy, they were they were so good in the in that semi final. And you know they've had not two years, but another eighteen months since then. You know of establishing themselves with you know Pedri, Gavi. 
these young players coming through and I think they were expected to quietly to you know to to go to go better at the World Cup than they than they have done so I'm not sure what it will mean for for Luis Enrique for the future I think he could well decide that maybe this is the end of his time with the national team Gab what do you think on that what do you think about Luis Enrique's fate after this like I say he's such an he's such an unique individual when when I talk about we're fascinated you know those of us who cover the game as, as journalists you know, we don't just sit there and like cover people who win, right? And and then praise those guys. We cover people who are different, who are creative, who bring something else to the table. And Luis Enrique is, is undoubtedly like that. I mean, you know, look what happened when 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 he took time off after um, after Barcelona with, with his triathlons, the marathon in the desert, and and then he comes back and then he does his twitch and he's got that whole creative side to him and he plays great football. I mean, Sam's right that. You know, while obviously I believe Italy deserved to win Euro 20, uh, 2020, um, I thought Spain deserved to win that semifinal. But you can't have so many continuous close calls when you have better players. The bottom line is, uh, in this tournament, they played four games, and the only team that they beat was Costa Rica, 7-0. And Costa Rica, I think, will have a lot of dysfunction about them. Um, you go back to the Euros, you know, they nearly got knocked out by Switzerland. Uh, on penalty kicks. Let's, let's not forget that either. So I, I'm not sure that there is a learning curve there. I think a lot's going to depend actually on what Luis Enrique wants to do because he doesn't need this, right? He I, he is the kind of guy, I know people who worked with him way back when he was at Rome. I know people who've, who've known him, who've played with him, and they'll tell you um, he doesn't need this. He does it if he enjoys it. And if he says, yeah, this isn't really fun anymore, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and, uh, and, and go run in the desert again, like I've done before, or, or you know, get on my bike and not get off it for, uh, for a month. Um, this is the kind of stuff he's want to do, or maybe just take a break. Uh, whether the Spanish FA decide it's time for a change, I think that's a different matter. I think there'll be probably some pressure for that. I would hope that they would also see that if Luis Enrique stays and if he's motivated and if he's willing to not change, but evolve right we all evolve a little bit and give another go i think that would be great but you know uh equally i think ultimately it's, it's going to be down to him and what he wants to do before i hear from craig burley's on, on luis enrique gab i know you have to go so gab marcotti thank you so much my friend uh, have a nice rest of your evening and we'll see you again on espn fc daily sounds good boys all right, arrivederci. Uh, Craig, uh, let, let's keep just let's put a wrap here on, on Luis Enrique. What do you make of it? Because Spain obviously is a side that is so dependent on philosophy and strategy, but there's plenty of managerial talent there for España. Do you see Luis Enrique, just like Gab said, really it's up to him. If he's had enough, he's had enough. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Luis, I mean, he's had so much... Uh, personal heartache with with uh, the loss of his daughter and, and I think whilst this will, will hurt and he clearly would want to have delivered this from a professional perspective I, I think from a perspective in life uh, and a bigger picture there are you know greater things to worry about that being said the Spanish public uh, will obviously see it uh, slightly differently I think look when you decide to do it your own way and by that I mean you know and every manager does I, I suppose but there was a clear ethic here of not necessarily picking players who were playing or in form. Um, if you look at, uh, you know, for example, Jordi Alba hasn't always played for Barcelona. Young Baldi's played. Ferran Torres hasn't always played. Um, Ansu Fati, lack of game time here. 
Asensio again, lack of game time at Real Madrid, but players that he said, I trust them and they've done it for me before. Uh, he took centre-halves with him, but yet played a midfielder and Rodri at centre-back. Uh, he left people at home like Gerard Moreno and others who he might have been able to call upon if they were looking for a scrappy goal. And so all these things, they were his decisions and ultimately, uh, you know, this squad has, has sort of cost him. Uh, so there's going to be plenty of questions there. Uh, yeah, they played some nice stuff at times and yeah, we got a bit excited and I think everybody did when we saw that Costa Rica game and just how they took them apart. But but maybe that was a little bit of a false dawn. The Japan game, I understand to an extent because it looked to all and sundries that it wasn't going to be an issue for them in terms of qualification until it was and when he'd made all those changes and it was almost like they couldn't switch it back on again. So I, I sense that Lewis, and I don't know this, I sense that Lewis Enrique might take this decision before the Spanish FA does uh, have to have to make one itself. And uh, it hasn't worked for them. They were looking really good to an extent, but they've sorely come undone in this game. Yeah, I think you're right. Far bigger obstacles Luis Enrique has dealt with in life than football. And I'm sure he'll think about this very carefully. Sam, uh, one of the things that I have screamed about for years, actually, really, is, uh, you know, the lack of number nines that really are selected for the Spanish national team. Yago Aspas, to me, just like Craig was saying, you need a scrappy finisher sometimes when things are not going your way. It doesn't have to be Aspas, but, it, you know, what, what do you make of the fact that Spain really probably should have brought a few more finishers, or, or do you think it was more than that? I think, it, I think it is more than that, but obviously Luis Enrique will live and, and die by those decisions. Obviously, after the, the Costa Rica game, there was, you know, the, the talk about, you know, they did have the forwards that they could could fire. Obviously, before, not just before this this squad selection for the World Cup, over the last two years, I mean, you've touched on Yago Aspas. That's been one of those things that Luis Enrique has almost been sort of most stubborn about. He's just someone he's he's not used at all. Obviously, in the run-up to the tournament, he started using Bojo Iglesias, one of the top scorers in the league with Real Betis. But in the end, he decided to, to leave him out of the squad and to only take... Morata is the only number nine. I think he's had a little bit of bad luck as well in terms of injuries. I mean, Prague mentioned Gerard Moreno there. Um, I think if he was fully fit, I think he would have been in the squad. I think he just came back. I think he may, played maybe one, one or two games before the World Cup break. And it's probably a little bit too late for, for Luis Enrique to take a risk on him. And the big one, I think, is Ansu Fati. Even though he's there and people perhaps think he should have been used a bit more, um, people close to Ansu will tell you that he is now fully fit. But he's just he's just not quite the at the sharpness that he was, if you think back to when he when he burst onto the scene and, and at various other stages in his career, just not quite there yet. And there was the feeling that he would be perhaps the finisher or the person to provide that spark that, that Spain needed in the final third. And, you know, they didn't even turn to him until extra time tonight. And then when he did come on, he didn't really get a chance. He was just waiting to see if he would just get just get one or two. So, so they missed sort of a fully firing Ansu Fati. And yeah, I think I think in hindsight, it's easy to say now, would they have been better if they had, you know, another nine to, to throw on at the end? But Luis Enrique was never going to do that. He was never going to go against his sort of the way he played and his style. I don't think he was going to you know, put two two nines on and start getting crosses into the box or or doing that. So it wasn't really an option for Luis Enrique. But yeah, there are certainly players, like you say, like Iago Aspas, Gerard Moreno, Borja Iglesias, plenty of strikers around that, that Spain could have taken on reflection. That will certainly be, be a debate here about Luis Enrique's decisions. 
Moroccans everywhere are probably screaming at us saying, hey, let's talk about the winners here. Uh, and, and Morocco, rightly so, are through to the quarterfinals. As I mentioned, the first time an African team has done that since Ghana in 2010. Craig, I mean, obviously they had a plan. They had a strategy for today. It worked. It happened. They're in. Do you expect the same kind of philosophy when they face Portugal or Switzerland? Yeah, I mean, I think similar. They'll have to worry less about possession. I mean, Spain will probably do that to most teams. Uh, so it's not, it wasn't unexpected. Uh, yeah, we, we miss, depending on fitness and tiredness and fatigue, and we saw that at the end. And and boy, you know, that, that uh, adrenaline, that'll be a quick come down in 24 hours to try and get back down to somewhere uh, of a level base to pick themselves up again and, and go again. And I think we'll see maybe a, a slightly more front foot Morocco uh, than we did, but but not 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 a wholesome change in tactics. Uh, and listen, as I mentioned earlier, they they have been so difficult to beat as well. Um, I think the the prognosis on size will be key for them as well and, and and we have no clue what that's going to be as he finished the game uh sort of hobbling around uh so yeah it's, it's it's a difficult one but whoever goes through from this switzerland portugal game it, it's hard to really say well they're going to be favorites now uh to beat this moroccan side because they have been so dogged in this tournament they have got a threat on the counter attack we've talked about amrabat's performance and others in the middle of the park and, and if you look at where all their players are playing, they're playing for they're playing at a good level. They're playing in good leagues, at good clubs, at a high standard. It, it's just whether they have the depth, if they have maybe three or four potential players who are not going to make that game uh, in two or three days' time or whenever it is. And we won't know that for 24 hours or so. But, but they, Luis, are a threat. Make no bones about it. 100%. Well done, Morocco. All right, let's uh, focus now on the next match as Portugal face Switzerland. And it's official. Cristiano Ronaldo is on the bench. Uh, maybe he heard a little bit of a commentary from ESPN FC Daily, Fernando Santos. Intriguing to see. Craig, back to you. And then, Sam, you jump after. But thoughts on this, uh, on, on how Portugal want to attack this game? Ronaldo on the bench. Clearly, Santos meant it when he said he wasn't happy about what happened in the previous game when Ronaldo was, you know, doing a half and a puff about being substituted. Yeah, and I think there's been many a year where Fernando Santos has had to sort of bow to Cristiano Ronaldo and and, and I think that clearly as, as at club level now has gone. And we have, uh, we have seen and talked at length about his reaction um, in terms of playing for his club, but his reaction to to not being the number one, to being benched, to not being brought on, to being taken off in games and how he has smarted at this at an amazing level as far as giving, you know, uh, primetime interviews to the likes of Piers Morgan and others and, and ultimately being sort of fired from his club. You call it mutual consent if you want, but ultimately I think it was a firing. And now we see a huge game for Portugal and, and Fernando Santos has, has made... Made, made a big decision. Uh, and I think ultimately, if he feels that is the best way for Portugal, it's the, it's the right one. Quite frankly, I, I, I don't know about Sam or others, but I, I, for one, and I've admired like like the whole planet almost, apart from the fact if you're a sort of messy lover, I've admired both of these players. But Luis, I, I'm sick and tired now 
of the antics of, of this guy. Everyone's career takes a downturn. Mother Nature spares no one. And you have to professionally accept that, that it's not always about you. It's about the bigger picture. And this guy has seemingly had more struggles with that than most. And so I, for one, I'm glad that Santos has made this big decision. I, I can't tell you if it's the right one or not, uh, but he's sure, he sure as hell not been bullied into playing somebody that he feels is not best suited to start this match. And I think that's a big call. And I think it's a, a really brave call from a manager who's probably just saying to the Portuguese public, hey, I'm in charge here, not him. Craig Burley, preach, preach, preach. If you watch ESPN FC Daily, you could know that I've been talking about this forever. I'm so done with it. Time waits for no man, and it will not wait for Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm sick of it. I'm glad to see it. I, I completely agree, my friend. So you're in the right place in the right platform. Hey, and listen, here we go. Alex Show with a good tweet here. Ronaldo can protest all he wants, but the reality is that managers for club and country now reckon their teams are better off without him. He reckons he can still play elite Champions League football, but the only club keen on him at the moment is Al Nazar. The only thing that Cristiano Ronaldo cares about is Cristiano Ronaldo. And that's partly what's made him a champion. Absolutely. But guess what? Time waits for no man. Sam, thoughts on uh, Portugal now. Let me ask you a question. Are we in danger of more Ronaldo drama, though, if Portugal lose and he started on the bench? Well, it's always the always going to be the narrative, and if Portugal lose and he and he doesn't doesn't play, or you know they they lose without him, I'm sure he'll come on come on at some time. But I think it's the right decision. I agree with everything. You know, Craig's much more qualified than me to talk about you know those later years of his career. But Ronaldo's really not handled it well. Um, I can't, off the top of my head, think about someone who sort of struggled with you know that element of, of aging like Ronaldo has. Um, does he still sometimes have something to offer? Yeah, he does. But he needs to yeah, like like Craig says, like yourself says, you know, he needs to you know, realise that perhaps his role is best served off the bench now, 20-minute cameos, 30-minute cameos, um, that teams play play better. I mean, it's no coincidence that Fernando Santos has dropped him, which is a big decision and one I didn't expect him to make, actually, although I guess there was sort of a, a foreshadowing with some of his comments yesterday about him being disappointed with his attitude in the in the South Korea game. Um, and obviously, you know, Ten Hag as well at Manchester United and the way that's all fizzed out. It's just been really, really, really messy, hasn't it? And it's not been, not been good to watch. Um, but, you know, like you, like you always say, Luis, this is why Ronaldo has won so much, why he's, why he's achieved so much. But, yeah, I would, I would, he needs to yeah, accept it a little bit now. I can't really add much more than, than what you two have said. It's spot on, really. Craig, let me ask you something really quickly. Do you think there's a chance, and I might know the answer to what you're going to say, but I want to ask it. Do you think there's a chance, right? It's like the 75th minute, maybe earlier than that, right? And Santos is looking around. Switzerland's playing very strong, resilient. He needs something. He turns around and goes, Cristiano, jump on. And Ronaldo refuses. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't, I, I, I don't think so. Uh, that would be taking tarnishing the legacy to another level, not, not to go on for your country at a World Cup uh, with potential quarterfinal at stake, so I, I, I don't, I don't see that that level of disobedience. Uh, I, I, I sense there'll be uh, one or two, uh, you, you know, bro- uh, of the host broadcaster cameras panned uh, towards Ronaldo for the whole ninety minutes. Yeah, and, and him like this, him like this, Craig, him like this, like. Yeah, like yeah. I, I mean, I think the interesting thing will be if 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 it is the seventy fifth minute or eighty eighth minute, and Portugal are struggling, and, and I think this is a tight game certainly on paper, and Fernando Santos turns to the bench, and and it's not Ronaldo, and it's somebody else. Now, I don't have the Portuguese team in front of me as we do this live, so I'm not. I, all I know is Ronaldo's not playing because I'll tell you right now. About. I'll tell you right now, Craig. It's uh, Joao Felix, uh, Gonzalo Ramos, Bruno Fernandes. Fernando Silva, Carvalho, Otavio in the middle, Guerrero, Diaz, Pepe, Dalo. So Rafa Leao, once again, also is not starting. Uh, Ruben Neves is also sitting. So Joao Cancelo sits as well. Joao Cancelo, one of the most wonderful fullbacks to watch. And I think Rafael Leao as well. Leao, sorry, of Milan, who has had a fantastic season and, and is so fast. It's so direct and it's such a danger. And I think, you know, looking at the fact that he's not, and has struggled to get in this this starting lineup. Is telling you that the Portuguese squad is relatively deep. But uh, yeah, of course, the story, and we're talking about it, is all around one man. You know, there's only two players of this generation can really talk about what it's like to post the numbers that they have, and how it feels to be in their mid thirties. In Ronaldo's case, almost thirty-eight, and how it feels to have those struggles. I suppose Zlatan Ibrahimovic and one or two others would throw their name in there as 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 people who are who are in the mix with them, but but they're really not. And I think it's hard to fathom the frustration that that guys who uh, and Sam will have watched this in Spain, guys who were posting almost fifty goals a year for the best part of a decade, and now, particularly for one of them, it's just not there anymore. How hard that is to accept, but but you have to accept it. And I think uh, the last six months in particular, and I know it's been longer than that, has painted a rather, a, a rather dull picture of, I think somebody who we all knew was pretty selfish, but that's part of the makeup, but he's taken it to levels that I, I think even have surprised his detractors out there. And I hope for, for his sake, he doesn't uh, bring any more of that on him during this game today. But but we'll see. And it, it, it's going to be a fun watch to see how, how Portugal and Cristiano Ronaldo handle this 90 minutes plus. Yeah, for sure. It should be an exciting one. Before we wrap up, everybody, Sam, just very quickly on Switzerland. I mean, you know, the Swiss are tricky. I actually had them going one more match in this one in terms of my predictions. What do you expect from Switzerland? There can be a very difficult team to break down what do you expect yeah what you said i think it'll be a tight very tight game they obviously you know they were only just beaten by by brazil that serbia game seemed a bit of um, an anomaly i didn't expect so many goals but i guess obviously serbia had to win that game so it 
so it opened it up a little bit more. But I'm sure, I'm sure Switzerland will keep it very tight. I wouldn't be surprised if we see see extra time again in, in this one. I actually fancy Portugal more now that that Ronaldo isn't playing. I think <laughs> yeah. a little bit more, um, totally. a little bit more, a little bit more sort of a bit more movement, a little bit more sort of you know in in, in tune in attack. Perhaps I mean we'll, we'll wait and see how how that comment ages. But yeah, I think it's t- I think Portugal are the favourites. But I mean Switzerland, they seem to be perennial sort of last sixteeners, don't they? Quarter finalists, they seem to make these stages without really sort of making a lot of noise without really sort of being called the underdogs even you know often look at other countries and they're always sort of there or thereabouts in in this stage so I, th- I think it's going to be yeah low scoring I think we could see extra time again um, and I wouldn't be surprised if like as Gab said earlier I mean at the Euros they went they went to penalties against Spain and only just lost um, and yeah I th- it's, it's, it's too tight to call I mean, I mean Portugal are the favourites I'm, maybe I'll go out and say say Switzerland after extra time or on penalties just to be different <laughs> no, I'm with you. I think that uh, Ronaldo out makes it uh, a little bit more interesting for Portugal. Actually, I lied. Before we go, we do have a question from our uh, viewers here for Craig, uh, speaking about, you know, the, the whole thing about time waiting for no man. And obviously, Ronaldo needs to face the reality of his own mortality. Listen, Greg, you know, you uh, uh, as a former player, you know, won the FA Cup with Chelsea, the league with Celtic, you know, you, you have quite a tremendous career, but, you know, just like every other player, you have to face with the reality of the fact that one day it will come to an end. Alan Shearer wrote a great piece on The Athletic about this. So here's a question for you. Is there a point in a player's career where it's hard to come to terms with your career nearing its end? And, and how do you go about dealing with it? How, how, do, you, how do you, as a former player, uh, understand that those days are numbered and, and you have to come to realization of it? You get into the media as soon as possible, but uh, that's, <laughs> that's what you do. Uh, but you don't, I suppose you don't really have to do that now when you've got a, a reported gazillion dollar offer from Saudi Arabia or whatever it is. Uh, but it is, and the game's changed. The guys earn, uh, although we earn, you know, excellent money, the guys earn absorbent amounts now. And so the sort of after, the after career life has, has certainly changed. But but you have to accept it. You know, I mean, at no point did I have a career like Ronaldo, or not even half of it, but, you know, played in World Cups and FA Cup finals and, and, and stuff, as you mentioned, and was fortunate enough to captain my country. Uh, but, you know, Ronaldo, in some sense, has been a li- quite lucky and everybody's different. The injuries have been not too serious. And from, from my perspective, I couldn't wait in my career to come to an end because I was fighting every day to get on the training field just to get on the pitch on a Saturday. The body was crumbling, uh, operation after operation. And, you know, some guys are just different. They play into the late 30s. I think about Gordon Strachan. I think about Teddy Sheringham. Uh, there are others, and Cristiano Ronaldo is one of them. Uh, but it, it just happens when you can't do the things that you once did. And I certainly, from my perspective, I found that so frustrating that when I went to Celtic, I was box-to-box midfielder and I was scoring goals and, by the time I got to 31, 32, I just couldn't do it anymore. I could get I could get to the opposing box, but I couldn't get back to the defending box. They had to call a taxi for me. And it is so, <laughs> so, it is so difficult. And I can only imagine for him having had such an illustrious career and being, and I think more importantly, Luis, it's not just that, it's being front and centre and the headline. And it's all about, saving the day again and the, mm. the, the, the celebrations with the shirt off and, and all those pictures. And now the front page and the back page is about 
it's about the belligerent attitude and it's not about the goals and and just briefly that 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 is difficult for me it was easy and i think for some players it's easy your body's just let you down you can't do it anymore i think he feels he can still do it and he can he just can't do it at the level that he once did and i, and I think that's the big difference yeah, some great stuff there, Craig. Always good to have some uh, points of view from a former player. And that's it for us here. Thank you so much. Don't forget that we are back live after the final match of the round of 16 as Portugal face Switzerland. And we will continue, of course, after that, once we get into the quarterfinals. Sam Marsden from Spain, Craig Burley from Connecticut, LME from New York City. We will see you back after Portugal Switzerland. Enjoy the match. See you then. Bye-bye.